Welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we talk with Tanner Scott, a health coach based in Nashville, Tennessee. Tanner shares openly with us about what led him to pursue life as a health coach. When he realized medical doctors were not making the changes he needed regarding his health issues, he took matters in his own hands. Tanner is living proof that food is medicine and that we have to advocate for ourselves when it comes to our health. He talks about his wellness journey when doctors wanted to prescribe drugs to him and yet after months of following what the medical professionals suggested, he was not experiencing any changes. So, Tanner decided to find another way. During this process, Tanner discovered that what works for one person regarding eating in a healthy manner does not work for another. The lessons he gained from his trial and error is what helped him become successful with helping others who want to lose weight and live a healthier lifestyle. And there is so much more, and I'm excited to have you welcome Tanner Scott. If you ever need like a boost of energy, you need to pay attention to this man because he makes everything around him like just a better place in this world. And I'm so honored that you're here today. Tanner, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> of course, I can't wait to dive in. So I just want to get to the very beginning right away. Like, where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in a, a suburb of Denver, Colorado. So I say Denver. Technically, it's Lakewood, if anybody here actually knows the geography out there. But yeah, I grew up in Denver. Um, you know, obviously, Denver kind of has its own culture. And so um, grew up loving the outdoors, but also totally taking it for granted. <laughs> so when I go back these days to visit my family, I look at like on the drive to their house, these huge mountains and stuff. And I'm like, man, I just didn't even notice them when I grew up there. It's so crazy how we like just become so accustomed to that kind of stuff that we just forget that it's so amazing. But yeah, so Denver. That's <laughs> is awesome. The to That's amazing. And were you? So I'm guessing because it was Denver, and there's so much, you you must have been more of an outdoor cat. Was your family pretty close and active with the outdoors? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, I I live in Nashville now, and um, it's a bit of a different culture, and specifically in Denver. Um, there's such a focus on the outdoors and activity and that kind of stuff, you know, snowboarding, mountain biking, hiking, camping, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that was kind of just what I grew up with. So yeah, I grew up in Boy Scouts and my dad was, you know, one of the troop leaders. And so we'd go hiking and camping all the time. We'd go up skiing or snowboarding. I got into snowboarding eventually, but started out skiing, um, you know, ride our bikes, all over the place. I would just ride bikes every single day with my friends or with my dad or whatever. So wow. yeah, definitely very um, active kind of now that I look back on my childhood uh, and we played sports, me and my brother both played sports our whole entire life. So it was definitely a much more active minded culture where um, it's just kind of something you do. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So were you pretty active in sports in high school? What kind of, what kind of, what was your high school experience like? So high school, I was active for sure. Um, I, it, it was interesting because I actually started at one high school. So I have an older brother. He's two years older. 
So he went to a school that was not our home school, um, but it had a program called the IB program. I don't know if you have heard of it or not, but anyway, it's kind of like a college level courses for all four years. So it's pretty intense. It's pretty rigorous. Um, so he went there originally and didn't love it. So he transferred back to our homeschool. So because I saw him do that, I was like, okay, great. I'll just go to our homeschool first because I don't want to deal with that stuff. And I hated it. So I transferred to the IB program in the other school. Oh, wow. Um, so I say that to say I was active, but I transferred schools in the beginning of my first year. Um, and there were all kinds of reasons why I was, you know, not very challenged. I don't feel like at that school, we, it was a weird just environment. I think we had three suicides amongst oh students gosh. in that one semester that I was there. Um, so it just was, I don't know, I was not enjoying myself. So I did play tennis because it started at the beginning of the year. The season was over before I transferred. But then after I transferred, I kind of wasn't doing a whole, like I wasn't interested in adding more to my plate at that point. So in terms of sports, I played tennis, um, through my whole academic career, uh, at, in high school, I did end up joining the track team, but mostly just as a social <laughs> thing. It wasn't, I, I don't like running. I don't, it wasn't enjoyable as an activity, but all my friends were doing it. So I was like, Oh, I want to hang out with my friends. So, um, that's something I've learned about myself over the years is I will do anything if I get to do it with other people that I enjoy being around nice. versus if I have to do it by myself, it, there are only a handful of things that I <laughs> really enjoy doing. Um, but I was pretty active and uh, in terms of just how my high school experience was, once I transferred to the second high school, uh, I was extremely active in different communities and clubs and that kind of stuff. So I, you know, did acting. I was in Future Business Leaders of America. I was the student body president. I was like doing all kinds of um, basically stuff to keep busy. And again, spend as much time as possible around other people. So that's certainly something that um, you may know, but maybe other people don't know is I am I score so highly on the extroversion scale, it's like almost off the charts. Because uh, I just love people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. So you're super active in high school. What did you do once you graduated? So graduated high school. Another thing I did in high school was I played in a band. And we were, you know, somewhat popular within our little circle of in high school but you know being from denver and being from nashville as a musician are two very different things <laughs> <laughs> and so i kind of knew in my the back of my mind like you're not probably dedicated enough to this to become like really successful as a musician however I loved music, so I applied to a lot of universities that had music business programs, which is what brought me out here. I uh, went to Belmont University here in Nashville, studied music business, then started realizing those people are super dedicated too, and I didn't have th that kind of passion and excitement for the music industry even. So a couple of years into it, I ended up adding finance as a double major. So that was great. Everything was going well. 
And then all of a sudden I graduated in 2009 and there were like no jobs available. Um, But I did find uh, a position at a laboratory that was doing really well still. Um, So I started interning there and that turned into an eight and a half year career um, at that company. And it was wonderful. It was fantastic. And then things kind of shifted. So after about seven (coughs) years... Some things changed both, uh, both in the culture of the company because some new investors took over, um, but also that was around the time that I started having some kind of health complications, um, and I started seeing maybe a, a new path for myself, um, and that's how I got into health coaching, which is what I currently do. Wow. That's amazing. So you're with that company for a very, very long time. So were you mainly like in an office? Is that how like the health issues came along when you went from super active to sitting around a little bit more? You know what I just remembered is that you and I <laughs> met there. I kind of forget that because we like connected more after that job. Right. But that was where we originally met. Oh, man. Yeah. So... um Sorry, could you repeat the question <laughs> as you were talking about that? I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. Lucretia knows all about this. Oh, yeah, I do, yes. Yeah, I would always hear about, like, this amazing person. And um, our, the, I'm sure you're still friends with Austin. And he would be like, you have to get to know Tanner. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because I was so super, super shy. And I'm like, I don't think he likes me. And Austin's like, he likes literally everybody. Like, you're overthinking yeah. it. <laughs> because <laughs> i mean you know the management situations that were happening there so you know when you you start dealing mm. with a company with upper management issues you get intimidated by really amazing people um so anyways circling back <laughs> when you were in mm. that environment is it like the office environment where you like sitting more and and maybe not being as active mm. um from going from a super active lifestyle to that causing some of the health yeah, issues yeah so Good question. So um, I actually, when I started the company, I was working in their finance department and I was pretty sedentary. I was at a desk all day, every day. Um, I ended up kind of transferring out of that because I just wanted to be around people and I was getting kind of restless when I was just sitting at a cubicle all the time. So I ended up transferring to a position where I was out driving around, meeting with new people all the time. Uh, And then I kind of uh, moved up a couple times uh, in my position to where I went back to being more in an office. But it was a little bit of a hybrid where sometimes I was in the office, sometimes I was out in the field. Um, So it was a pretty good balance. So I don't think that the activity actually was a major factor in this. Um, You know, at the time I had no idea what was happening. Looking back, I have a little bit better perspective on maybe what caused some of it. But basically what happened is I was doing fine, seemingly. And one day I just woke up and out of nowhere, my back was in such pain that I could barely get out of bed. And so I, you know, I was doing CrossFit at the time. So I was still being very active in that regard. But the issue was, uh, well, first of all, I thought that maybe I injured myself at CrossFit, but then I thought about it. I was like, I haven't even been to the gym in like three days when this had happened. 
So I kind of ruled that out. I went to a um, spine doctor and he did some tests and x-rays and basically told me, hey, structurally everything looks okay in your back. The issue I think is just you have so much inflammation in your body and I had no idea what that meant. I mean, I know I've heard you know, chronic inflammation is not a good thing, but I knew nothing else about <laughs> what that meant, what maybe was causing this. And the crazy thing, looking back now, is this doctor didn't say, hey, let's figure out what's causing this inflammation and fix that. He just said, hey, here's a pill. Take these steroids for a week, and then after that, take one of these pills every day. It should handle everything. And so I did that, and six months later, I was still having issues. And so that was kind of the point where I was like, I need to reevaluate things. I need to figure out what is going on here, because I was 28 years old, something like that at the time. I was like, I just cannot imagine living my life in this state for forever. Like, I shouldn't be feeling this way as a 28-year-old because I wasn't able to do anything active. I was suddenly, like, on the couch. I would just go to work, sit down, do my work, go oh. home, and then just, like, plop down on the couch and watch TV because I couldn't work out. I couldn't go hiking. I couldn't do anything that I loved doing. And so that was the point in time where I was like, I'm done with these pills. Like, I'm still going to take them because <laughs> it's not a good situation if I don't. But I'm going to go try and explore some other options because the doctor, every time I go back, spends two minutes to write a new prescription and then he's on to his next patient. Like, it wasn't trying to do anything new. Um, so I reached out to one of my friends that I knew who was a health coach and just basically told him, hey, I'm open to whatever. So let's give this a shot, see if what you do helps me. If not, what have I got to lose? Um, so at the very beginning, all we did was focus on what I was eating. And within two weeks, my back pain was gone. Really? And that was the point where I was like, holy crap. This is serious. Like, why did nobody ever even think, hey, let's actually look at how, like, what is your lifestyle? <laughs> like, what are you eating? And, and so now looking back and having this kind of perspective, uh, I think there were a few things that ended up with these issues and this back pain. Number one, obviously, was what I was eating. So I was not really that focused. I wasn't even really that aware of what I was eating. I would try and eat healthy, which to me meant vegetables and chicken breast and you know that kind of stuff. So I'd eat that, and then all of a sudden the next day somebody would bring in a dozen donuts, and I'd eat six of them. <laughs> and so uh, I was, but I so. I, what I thought was healthy, I think I later came to realize what it's healthy for some people, but I'm six foot four and I was like somewhat active and pretty young. And so I was just like, I'm a big dude. I need a lot of calories. So I wasn't eating enough on the days I was trying to eat healthy. And then I'd swing the other way and try and make up for it. My body would be like, eat everything in sight. So I'd eat everything in sight. So I had no awareness of what was going on there. And I literally ate probably pounds of candy at a time. <laughs> so uh, you may know this because I posted about it, but uh, my friends in college called November 1st Tanner Scott Day because I would spend all day driving around town going to grocery stores and buying my favorite candies on clearance the day Whoa. after Halloween. So I would, and I would stock up. I had an entire cabinet at my house that was dedicated <laughs> just to candy and I would eat obscene amounts of candy all the time. So 
that's number one. Definitely uh, there is that issue uh, of eating. So I think that that was part of the inflammation. The other part was I was working out. I was doing CrossFit, but I was waking up at 4 a.m. to do it. So I was sleeping maybe six hours a night and then putting my body through all that stress and then not getting the food to recover from it. So that was an issue. And then third is something we hit on already. I was pretty stressed out at work because there were some huge changes that were taking place. Um, it felt a little bit out of my control. I kind of lost my sense of purpose in the midst of all of it. So I just was not mentally in a really great spot either. So I think just all of those things culminated in this back pain and this inflammation. So when I was able to take one step of changing what I was eating, it was like the domino toppled over. And so suddenly I'm not in quite as much pain. So I start sleeping better at night. Now I start sleeping better at night. So I'm not as stressed out. I'm able to handle the stress a little bit differently than I was before. And so it's just kind of the snowball effect of everything started getting better. And I started realizing that like this is applicable in a lot of different areas, but definitely in terms of health where one little thing can kind of lead to a domino effect of other things that just pile up um, until you can really see some pretty incredible results. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more from our guest Tanner as he talks about what steps he needed to take to develop healthy habits. The goal for any business is to grow and reach a new level. Get there faster by being an authority in your industry with a video docu-series. Using video, you can showcase you, your business, your staff, products, services, and your why. Building relationships is key, and a high-quality video can give existing and potential clients a way to get to know you. It also allows you to build a connection that results in increased sales. If you would like to know more about how you can enhance your business with video, go to girlbossproductions.com today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Tanner, and he goes into what led up to the deciding factor of a career change and to pursue becoming a health coach. Wow, that's amazing. I think you're right. A lot of people, they are in the office situation where they, they'll go out to lunch and they have a salad and then they go home and they mm -hmm. you know, will grill some chicken and have vegetables and then come in the next day and someone's brought in donuts and then you're sitting by the donuts. And if you're not sitting by the donuts, mm -hmm. you make an excuse excuse to go visit the donuts right. it's like oh well i had a walk a long yep. way so i might as well take two and if i'm going to take two i should probably have a third to eat back to the desk and the next thing you know yeah. you've eaten 12 donuts <laughs> right exactly and i think yeah. a and lot of people so, don't realize the inflammation issues that comes from eating that way yeah well and i also think in addition to that, because inflammation is a huge deal, and inflammation is good in some instances. If you like break your leg, you want inflammation because inflammation is designed to go protect and like heal an injury or something like that. But the issue is a lot of people these days are like just walking around with high levels of inflammation in general. And so we're not really designed to deal with that. So it can have a really negative impact on a lot of areas of our life if we don't kind of get to the root of what's going on there. Um, and another thing that I just wanted to kind of mention is I also think a lot of people 
that do the things that you and I just mentioned of like going and eating a dozen donuts when, when we're at the office, sometimes internalize that and think, oh, this must be me. I, there's something wrong with me. When in reality, it wasn't anything wrong with me. It was just that I didn't have the tools yet to understand, like, how do I make different choices in this situation? And how do I even better set myself up to where I don't even have to make a decision? Um, because, you know, if you are, if you are someone who has an entire cabinet in your kitchen dedicated to candy, guess what? You're going to eat a lot of candy. <laughs> Versus if I didn't have all that candy in my house, I probably wouldn't eat it. It's, it's not even a matter of willpower. It's just a matter of like it's nearby and available. So, of course, I'm going to eat that at some point. And so I had to eventually make a decision like do I want to keep doing this? Because there are ways that I can very easily cut this out from my life. Um, it wasn't that much of a challenge. It's just a matter of really like getting clear on why it matters to me. And then I had to decide to take some steps to kind of rewire my brain because it didn't make me stop craving candy, at least not initially. Um, But I had to be dedicated enough because I knew what was on the other side of it to kind of push through that initial phase. And also during that set myself up so that once I was out of that kind of like physical craving, uh, that I knew how to make sure that it didn't, I didn't just fall right back into my old habits again. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you're working with your friend, he's helping you basically revolutionize how you approach food, you're seeing the differences. When was it that you said to yourself, I want to learn more about this program so that you could be helping others? Mm. It was, um, surprisingly long (laughs) given how two weeks I mean I had been working with a doctor for six months and didn't see all that much uh, benefit I saw a benefit because I wasn't always in pain but um, I didn't see improvement I guess is really what it was and then two weeks with working through uh, this health program I started seeing a huge drastic difference you would have thought at that point I should have been like, oh my gosh, look at what's in my hands. I need to go help other people because I think that I had an understanding at that point that like most people aren't taught about these things and it's not a focus for most people. So almost everybody could benefit from it. Um, but it took me probably two months before I it actually clicked and I was like, huh, maybe this is something I would actually be interested in doing to help other people. Um, you know, I think sometimes we get in such like a cycle of doing the same thing every day that when something new presents itself, it's hard to be like, oh, hit the brakes and let's just kind of even consider <laughs> pursuing this new thing over here. So it took me a couple of months. And then once I did, I was still like very hesitant. You know, there was this very much a sense of like imposter syndrome of, I mean, I know it helped me, but is it going to help other people? Because not everybody's just dealing with back pain. Like other people are dealing with a million different other things that I've never experienced myself. Um, So it was just kind of wondering, I know that it's a great program. I know that it helped me. Could it help other people? And so I eventually, I was just kind of playing around with it. I was dipping my toe in the water, 
my mom eventually decided she wanted to work with me. She told me later it was like basically because I was kind of, I had talked about doing it and she was like, this kid is not freaking doing anything. He needs <laughs> a little support here. So she signed up literally just to support me. She didn't think that it was going to be anything different or new from everything she'd done in the past because she's done every single diet out there probably uh, when I was growing up. And so she became my first client. And a couple months later, I saw her uh, down probably like, I think it was like 60 pounds or something like that. And she had a lot of energy. She was starting to like kind of almost... You know, when I was growing up, my dad was really the one that kind of spearheaded all of our activities and the mountain biking and the camping and all that kind of stuff, the skiing and snowboarding. My mom was, you know, she was a little bit involved with some of that stuff, but not entirely. And all of a sudden, she's the one kind of pushing my dad out the door (laughs) to like go on walks and uh, bike rides and stuff. So I was thinking, that's pretty cool to see this happen, especially for somebody that I really love and care about. And so that was, I think, the catalyst for me to say, okay, I can help other people. And it's super exciting for me to be able to do that when it's especially somebody that I have this relationship with where I can, you know, have that satisfaction knowing that I've actually improved their life in some way. So that was when I was like, okay, it's time. I'm ready to just like jump in. So I put in my notice at work. Um, started, you know, just kind of taking that leap. Yeah, I was a little terrified (laughs) because I wasn't entirely sure if it was going to work, but I just kind of thought, you know, I I wasn't super happy anymore at my job. um, And this just seemed like something that could be really cool and could be a way to find just a new path for myself. So I went for it and, uh, Turned out working out great. Here I am six and a half years later. So, Wow. And what was the training process like for you to learn everything you needed to be able to pursue this? Yeah. So honestly, the, the main training process that I had was just going through the program itself. Um, because if you do it firsthand, it's better than, you know, any amount of textbook knowledge, I feel like. Uh, that being said, I also I did get a certification from the Villanova University Center for o- Obesity Prevention and Education, um, which I thought was going to be a lot more about nutrition, and it is a little bit, but it it honestly spent most of the time talking about uh, behavioral change and how do we help people change behaviors because I, there's not really a lack of information out there. It's you can Google how to lose weight and find a billion search results. But the issue is people either do it, lose weight, and then return to their old habits, or they do it for a few days and then it fizzles out. So it's not that they don't know. Nobody, I knew donuts were not healthy. (laughs) And yet I was eating six of them at a time. So, you know, it's, I knew Sour Patch Kids were not probably great for my body, but I was eating pounds of them in a sitting. So it's not a matter of nutrition plays a part, but knowing what nutrition to utilize is certainly not the whole puzzle. It's a very small piece of it, I think. Um, so that was the certification I got. 
Uh, and then I, my friend who was a coach before me mentored me through kind of starting up as well. So he, uh, I still talk to, actually there's two of them. My friend, it's a husband wife combo. Um, so I still talk to them all the time. It's really nice to have some kind of, uh, a team that can support even six and a half years into this. Like, cause there's going to be times where I'm just feeling bummed or I just hit some sort of a roadblock and not quite sure what to, how to get through that. Just having somebody, even if they don't know the answer, somebody to have like a sounding board to work through the problems together is really helpful. Um, and then obviously I've also worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients at this point. So every time that I get to work with somebody new, I learn something new uh, about just kind of how people work, what works for one person might not be perfect for another person. Um, and just kind of how to navigate through all of that. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what kind of challenges did you feel you faced in that learning process of starting this new endeavor? Mm. Oh man, I, there are new challenges to this every single day. Uh, I think some of the biggest ones, one I already mentioned, which was the imposter syndrome and just getting through that first mental hurdle of like, can I actually do this? Uh, and I think that that's probably true every time we start something new is like, am I going to fail? And if I fail, am I going to end up dead in a ditch somewhere? And our brain likes to go there <laughs> and say like, if this doesn't work out, you're probably going to be dead alone in a ditch. And so... <laughs> it can prevent us from really even trying in the first place. So getting through that first hurdle was probably the biggest. Um, then it, there was a matter of, okay, how do I make this my own? Because I think that uh, it's great to have that mentor, but I was almost trying to emulate my mentor. I was trying to be a carbon copy of my mentor instead of being me within the process. And so um, I think that, I was able to help some people during that time, but it also, uh, I didn't feel super genuine during those, that initial probably year or so that I was coaching. Um, so it was helpful, but it was a challenge for sure. And then I think that the third thing that has been a real challenge is, um, one great thing is I use a, a program, it's called Optavia. I know a lot of people may have heard of it. Um, it's become very popular in the last couple of years. But what I love about it is there are different nutritional programs that you can use for uh, people depending on what their goals are. But that's only a small piece of the program. There's also a coaching element. So I coach people. We work through a lot of the mental stuff. The, um, the things that really are going to determine your long-term success. Because again, I feel 100% confident that I can help somebody reach their goals. However, um, the, the difficult thing and the thing that changes from person to person is how do I make sure that uh, not only do, does this person stick with it long enough to get to where they want to go, but then once they get there, that they continue to move forward instead of sh kind of that yo-yo and shifting back into old habits and that kind of stuff. So that's really a huge, huge focus of what I do is walking people through 
the mindsets, their environment, how that's set up, starting to identify maybe what had been unconscious patterns in the past. How do we identify those and then tweak them if we need to, to make it into something that's a little bit more um, in line with their goals. Uh, and then also community, because if people are surrounded by people that are going to happy hour every single day, it's going to be really easy once you get to your goal to start going to happy hour every day again, because you're going to be like, oh man, I haven't spent time with my friends. And that's all they do is go to bars. So, uh, so we, there's a lot of things. And so I'm saying all of this to say what's really challenging is I have this structure that I am working people through. Um, but each person is different. So how do I, within the coaching, help this person um, who may be totally different than the person I talked to five minutes ago? <laughs> uh, because what's good for one person may not be good for the second person. So that's been a, a, something really helpful that I've learned over the years is how do I really customize the experience, I guess, but not not so much that we get totally off track with staying within the uh, kind of confines of what's going to be helpful to move people forward. I don't know yeah, if that absolutely. makes sense, but it does make basically sense. I... Pe people are the challenge because we're all so different, <laughs> which is great. Absolutely. It's also the great thing about all of it. And I appreciate how you mentioned like the unconscious habits like i think some people don't realize when they're bored they eat when they're you know yeah. they see free food like the donuts at the office they just gravitate to mm -hmm. that and so i appreciate that you see that psychological level and realize in what you do with your coaching that needs to be addressed because i think in a lot of diet plans and fads it's overlooked and, and the, people yeah. are being set up to fail and then they get frustrated, mm -hmm. and then they eat more donuts and more cake. Right. <laughs> this is exactly. like this is this is at least happy for right now. <laughs> right, and I think that that's also something. I know I mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating that people get into this shame spiral because of all of it too, because they equate failing with "I'm not good enough" or "I'm not strong enough" to make this work. When in reality, it's just like our brains are wired in a way where nobody has unlimited willpower. There may be some people that have a little bit more than others, but like if you're relying on, Hey, it's January 1st and I just, I'm going to just stick my head down and go for it. Like no wonder people fail after just a couple of weeks. Cause they're exhausted. They are like willpower is going to run out at some point, And if we haven't identified some of these other things and really started to tweak them and take the shame out of the whole picture. Just look at it, observe what's happening. And uh, once we have that mindfulness, be able to make more conscious decisions uh, without all the emotion and without just trying to like beat ourselves into submission. Uh, you know, that there's so many ways to go about it and a lot of them are not that helpful, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. And I think some people, they get that New Year's resolution and they hit the gym. And they're like, I'm going to be at the gym five days a week. I'm going to be there for an hour and a half. When two weeks in, they're exhausted and they don't go back because 
five days a week, mm. an hour and a half every time, doesn't work for their schedule, their lifestyle, where if right. working with someone like you, you could probably suggest, what if you tried three days a week, 45 minutes at a time, mm. and now you're accomplishing a goal? Right, exactly. So we actually have a, a Discord group, which I've never used the Discord app until recently when one of my much more uh, hip friends told me <laughs> that we should start using it. So I have a group and we do challenges in there. So we, we had a challenge going on, just kind of like a friendly competition through the holidays last year. And one of the ways that you could get points in this competition was 30 minutes of intentional movement. And we were very specific about not defining what that meant because it may mean something totally different for each person. Um, and one of the comments that we got was there was somebody that was in the challenge and got a point for that every single day for, I think it was 55 days was the challenge. It was a long time. It was like almost two months. And she said, this is the first time in my entire life that I have moved in like intentionally like gone and done some sort of movement or exercise for more than a week at a time. Because I think a lot of people have that mentality of what I have to do to make it count is I have to go to the gym and work out for an hour. When in reality, like you could just go on a walk. Like there were a lot of people that would just go walk on their break for 15 minutes twice a day. And that is so much better than just sitting at a desk. So it can be little small things. Even if 30, I was almost a little bit hesitant to make it 30 minutes because sometimes people just need to start with like, five minutes. I had a, um, one of my clients, we were talking about how do we get more activity? Cause she was like, ah, I just keep wanting to go on walks and whatnot. And so I asked her, I was like, okay, what do you think you could do on your absolute worst day? You're just, you get home from work. You're super exhausted. You don't want to do anything. What do you think you could do? She said, Oh, I could probably go for, I don't know, 30 minutes, maybe walk for a couple of miles, I don't know. I said, okay, great. 30 minutes is your what you could do. Let's um, cut that by six and say five minutes a day. <laughs> so on your worst day, you think you can do 30 minutes, but we're going to go way, 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 way less than that and just say five minutes. So I was like, could you do five minutes a day? Like literally start your timer when you leave the door. And if it's five minutes and you go back home, you get to check it, check it off. She said, oh, yeah, that's easy. Of course I could do that. So we did it for a week, and at the end of the week, I was like, so how did it go? And she said, well, it was great. I, I walked out. I did it every day, and about five of the days, I ended up walking for like an hour because I was just out already. I enjoyed it. And so it's just like sometimes mentally we just have these barriers where we think we have to do something big to make it work versus just saying, I don't need to do anything other than a couple little tiny things. And then if I feel like it in that day, maybe I'll do more. I don't know. Um, so anyway, That's just a... breaking things down like that into micro habits where it's so doable you cannot fail <laughs> Yeah, um, is really that's helpful. Amazing. That's something that's helped me a lot too. Yeah, because you're setting people up to succeed instead of setting up something unrealistic where they might fail. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, so... and I think just... Just psychologically, it also is totally different because, you know, obviously she could do 30 minutes almost every single day, but the idea of 
going out for 30 minutes until she was in the act of already doing it felt daunting for some reason. So it just kind of like breaks down that psychological barrier um, that a lot of people put up. I love it. That's awesome. So things start to change and evolve with your health. You're with this program. Like, how did you know? Was it because of the positive changes you were experiencing? Like, how did you know this was the right program for you? Yeah, I think it was a handful of things. One, and really the main thing was it helped me. So from personal experience, I was like, well, I know it's legit. <laughs> I know that it works. I know that it's helpful. Um, and I know that it has elements that I think are missing in a lot of other programs. So that was number one is it helped me. Number two was I saw that it um, was not just kind of like a one size fits all approach and it was so much bigger than the nutrition piece because again there are a billion different ways you could lose weight or get rid of your back pain or whatever it is like there are so many avenues you could go it's almost overwhelming um, and some are really great and healthy and some are not but if we don't deal with what's going on internally in our minds and in kind of that in our environment as well, if we don't deal with our, the people we're spending time with, uh, it doesn't really matter. Like nobody wants to reach their health goal only to then be back to where they started a few months later. Like that's almost worse to me um, because then again, you get into that shame spiral of like, Ugh, well, I'm just wasn't strong enough to like continue my progress or whatever. Uh, and that's not, that's not the case. Like there are so many reasons why that happens. Um, so I loved that there was a component that was specifically designed to help people with that mental piece, um, that it wasn't just about weight loss or nutrition or inflammation or whatever. It was also about sustainability. Um, and then I think what really kind of just made it a very obvious choice is that my friend was going to mentor me. So I was like, okay, if I have support, like I had a, uh-oh, <laughs> my alarm's going off. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. It's okay. So yeah, my, I think that the fact that my friend was going to mentor me was huge because I had other business ideas at the time too, where I was thinking, okay, I might leave this job and here I had probably like six or seven business ideas, but of the seven, six of them, I would be all on my own, starting from scratch, just trying to figure it out. Whereas this, I had somebody who had already done it, who was already successful, who could kind of point me in the right direction and who I could like lean on in times when I was being challenged. Because you know, as an entrepreneur, it's hard. Like it is so, so different than working at a job where you just show up and you get a paycheck um, because you're really responsible for making it work or not. And so again, that gets into the whole emotional roller coaster as well. And uh, so I think it's really, really important to have other people if you're doing any sort of entrepreneurial venture to have other people in your corner that you know you can kind of rely on to just at least let you lean on them for a second <laughs> if you're feeling tired and exhausted. Yeah. Um, so that was a really big deal for me. And, and really why I decided to go this route is I thought, you know, 
if I fail in this, then I, I'm, I have these other things I could fall back on, but really like this seems like the easiest, most direct route to getting to, to where I want to go, which was do something I'm passionate about. Um, and hopefully where I can kind of set my own schedule and turn this into whatever I want it to be, <clears throat> have a little awesome. more control over that part of my life. Yes, 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 yes. That's amazing. And do you be, do you feel because you've been through the program, you face your own health challenges, is that a way for you to be able to relate to your clients? Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I don't know that I would have been successful if I hadn't had that challenge. And I know that when we're in the midst of these like challenging times in our lives, it can feel overwhelming and scary and it's not fun. But looking back on it, you know, six and a half years removed from when I was having all that back pain, I can look at that and point to it and be like, that is the reason that I'm here right now. Like that is without that, I would not have had any of this happen. And even if I had tried to start going that route, I don't think I would have been very successful because if I had imposter syndrome when I knew it worked, and I had the experience of it, like, drastically improved my life. Imagine <laughs> the imposter syndrome <laughs> I would have had if I hadn't had that experience, you know? Yeah. So I absolutely think that that challenge is the reason that I have been able to be successful coaching other people. Because it, even if it's not the same challenges, they're all so connected, too. Because, um, you know, just as an example... Really, one of the biggest things that held me back at first and why I had that imposter syndrome is, I've again, I'm 6'4". I've been active my whole life. I used to eat everything on the Taco Bell menu, and I didn't gain weight because I was literally just like burning so many calories that it didn't matter in terms of weight. And so that's why I thought I was healthy for most of my life. And when the back pain started happening, I was like, whatever, I'm healthy there's no reason that this is happening to me because I was equating health and just like being fairly thin and athletic, but that's not the whole picture. There was clearly so much more going on internally. Uh, but I say that because a lot of people are looking to have weight loss as part of their goals. <clears throat> um, because you know, we just live in a, a world these days where the easiest, cheapest and most addictive foods are not going to, they, they make us gain weight. So, um, so there's a lot of people who that's one of their goals and my challenges were not the same as their challenges. And so I thought, well, we, that we're not going to be able to connect, but the reality is our challenges are the same. It all goes back to those, like those habits, those mindsets, um, what the environment we're setting up for ourselves, the causes of people getting to a point where they feel like they need to make change are all the same. And so we all have this experience. It's just how that shows up in our bodies can be a little bit different from person to person. So uh, even though we have different goals when I started the program versus when a lot of my clients start the program, um, the challenges are all very, very similar. 
Absolutely. And I appreciate so much that you made the comment, you know, I was skinny, so I thought it was healthy. And I hear that with women, mm -hmm. you know, the conversations I've had with women, oh, she's skinny, it must be nice. And you go talk to that girl, and she she has IBS, she has this health issue. Right. I worked with a woman that she had to carry a backpack of food, because mm -hmm. when she was, I think, like 26... She had part of her bladder <clears throat> removed because the doctor mm. said, well, you, your family fed you fast food growing up. It's destroying your organs and she can't wow. eat out anymore. But when you looked at her, she was a skinny, beautiful, olive colored skin. You thought she was healthy. Mm -hmm. cause she, but so you saying just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. Yeah. And the other thing that you just hit on is you have no idea what anybody else is thinking because... I, I think, honestly, my friend was shocked when I reached out to him and asked for help because, like, nobody would have looked at me from the outside and said, oh, Tanner's miserable and feels like crap every day. Because I was showing up, I was doing everything. It wasn't until I got home that I just kind of, like, blech, zonked out and was just sitting on the couch and because I couldn't move hardly. Um, so we have no idea what other people are experiencing. And there could be people who... From the outside, you may not, they may not look like a, a supermodel, but they feel incredible and they have like boundless energy and what they're doing is working really well for them. So the fact that we even make those judgments about other people, I think is something that we have a lot of room <laughs> for improvement um, yeah, absolutely. in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you, was it Bali? Did you live in Bali for like a year? Oh, yes. Bali is one of my favorite places. I didn't live there for a year. What actually happened is, so this was um, something that being a health coach has kind of made possible for me. But uh, my wife and I got married in 2019 in April. And we decided before we got married that once we get married, because I coach everybody remotely, so I can work with people from anywhere. I have people all over the United States that I work with. Um, we decided, okay, let's pack up into a carry-on bag and we're just going to go start traveling. And, you know, we didn't actually have a return date set. We just were like, we're just going to get a one-way ticket and start going. We'll just hop around to different places that we want to go to. So we ended up, uh, traveling up and down the West coast, um, from Vancouver down to San Diego. We, uh, went to Hawaii. New Zealand, Australia, um, we went to Bali, uh, Singapore, Thailand, and then we ended up coming back to the United States and we traveled for a while here just to go see friends and family that we hadn't seen in a long time. So we ended up all in all spending about nine months just kind of traveling all over the place. Both of us love to travel. Like it's my favorite thing in the world is just meeting new people, experiencing new cultures and things, things I'm not used to, like getting outside of my comfort zone just enough to like really see and get some perspective on where I fit into this world as well. So I love to travel. Um, and we ended up coming back after nine months of this because honestly, we were sitting, uh, uh, we were in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like, you know, we really miss our friends. We miss our house. Like, we just want to go back home. I think that this has kind of run its course. So that's when we got our ticket back to the U.S., decided to travel a little bit there. And then we're planning to come move back into our house. 
So we moved back in on March 1st, 2020. And we were so excited to see all of our friends again and hang out. And so we ended up scheduling stuff with a bunch of people. And of course, we all know what happened then. (laughs) So it was like the best timing in the world and the worst timing in the world. Because as soon as we got back, the whole world shut down. So if we had still been out in Asia somewhere, we could have been stuck there for a long time. Right. um, And not been able to get back home and like really settle into our house during the pandemic. But also the reason we came back was we were missing our friends so much. And immediately, like within a week of us getting back, we couldn't see our friends <laughs> for a long wow. time. Um, so, yeah, it was it was crazy timing that the universe had for us. Oh, my gosh. Was it culture shock coming back to the U.S.? Um, it was. Yeah, it was a little bit. And I think, though... What's interesting is when we were traveling, every time we went to a new place was a little bit of culture shock. Uh, But really what stood out to me is the thing that was most complicated are the things that when we're just living our day-to-day life, we don't even think about. So like, where am I going to get food? How do I go to the restroom? Like, is there going to be toilet paper (laughs) when I go to the bathroom? Um, That kind of stuff. And so... Like, how am I going to do my laundry? Those were the things that took a lot of mental energy when we were traveling. So when we got back, it was a little bit of culture shock. Although, again, it was culture shock to everybody in the whole world because all of a sudden we had nobody else to do anything with for a really long time. We were just kind of like stuck in our houses. Um, But what was really nice about it was even though we were in this pandemic situation and things were all changing and different, we at least knew where we were going to the grocery store to get food. We at least knew like, okay, I have this kitchen (laughs) where I can set up uh, and like prepare meals for myself and that kind of thing. So all the basics I didn't have to worry about suddenly. Um, But yeah, I mean, there are, there are really amazing things about every culture I've ever interacted with, but they're all very different. So coming back here, there's a lot of, nice things about our culture and there's a lot of things that are challenges as well Uh, yeah absolutely and i think a lot of that comes back to health related stuff as well yeah (laughs) our culture is really not designed in a way to let people be really social and eat really healthy um on a regular basis so it, it becomes much more of a challenge than somewhere like bali where we walked everywhere all of their food was super fresh, very affordable. Um, it's just, it's very different here. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. You're absolutely right. What kind of, what's your fitness routine? How do you stay physically fit? Man, this is a great question for where I am right now. So there, uh, I have a couple answers. For a long time, CrossFit was what I did. I love CrossFit. I think it's great. I, I definitely think that um, it has a huge amount of benefits. Also, when I was first starting CrossFit, uh, I injured myself a number of times because I had a big ego. And so I was trying to push myself further than I needed to, to push myself. And, you know, it didn't turn out well. I was trying to lift more weight versus have good form when I was lifting more weight. 
So there are certainly downsides to that kind of thing. Uh, however, what I loved about it, and again, going back to something I said earlier, I have learned anything in a group I will absolutely love. So group activities have always been my thing. I think I learned this originally when I went, I accidentally walked into a Zumba class. I literally didn't know what class it was, but I was like, I'm not having fun on these weight machines. I'm just going to go see what's going on in there. And the instructor looked at me and was like, oh, uh, do you want to do this class? I was the only male in the entire class. I was like, yeah, let's try it out. And I freaking loved it so much that I went every single day for like a really long time. I went and got certified as a Zumba instructor. You did? I loved it. Oh, yeah. You didn't know this? No. Yeah. So I loved it. I've even done like jazzercise. It doesn't matter. Anything in a group, I'm going to have a good time. Um, so that's typically what my routine looks like. However, last year I... Um, had an issue where I went to a kickboxing class and I think I did something where I don't, I still don't know what happened, but about a couple, I don't know, two or three hours after the class, I started having some really bad hip pain and it kind of like radiated up into my lower back. So I had to take a break and step back from it. Um, and really ever since then, it's been probably nine months. I haven't been able to do really, um, like high intensity, high impact kind of stuff. So recently I've had to shift things and it's been a little bit of a challenge for me to get into a new mindset of taking care of my body looks different now than it did maybe a couple of years ago where now my focus is not on necessarily like getting super, super fit. It's about trying to kind of heal and um, rehab what's going on in my hip so I'm doing a lot more just like mobility stuff. I'm doing some yoga uh, and then I'm just trying to strengthen. So I've been going back to the stupid weight machines and thankfully I, I've convinced my wife to go with me because again, I don't like doing it on my own. <laughs> so, um, but I've been doing that just because I've been finding that it really has been helping. It's the only way that I've found that doesn't aggravate the injury too much but still helps make my joints stronger so that hopefully I can recover a little bit easier. Um, so you know I, I guess the takeaway from this is it changes over time. There's not like one fitness routine that's going to be best for every person or even the same person in different situations. Um, so it's just the best the best exercise routine is the one that you're going to do and enjoy. I love that. Absolutely. And you mentioned your wife. She's amazing. And I think to be successful, it helps to have that support system at home. Like, how did you two meet? And, you know, what was it about her that you just absolutely love? Oh, man. Lots of things. Um, so we met through, the short version is we met through mutual friends. Um so I the very first time I ever met her, I don't actually remember meeting her, but she claims we did. She had just come from a silent retreat to a New Year's Day party that I was at. And she apparently remembers introducing herself. But after that, she literally just like sucked back into the wall and just observed <laughs> because she hadn't <laughs> spoken to anybody in a week. So she apparently heard me say a lot of things, but I don't remember her interacting really a whole lot so th apparently that's when we met but then 
those mutual friends, we actually for sure met each other at their wedding. And then later on, um, I met her a few more times and she just was really cool. She's just as a, and she balances me for sure. She's definitely much more of like, uh, a, a little bit more introverted, likes to stay home. Whereas I could just like not come home for five days and enjoy that just fine. Um, just like find it. I actually did do this. I don't know if you knew about this, but I literally just packed up stuff in my car and decided I'm just not going to go home for a week. This was when I was at the old company too. So during an entire week, I just didn't go home and I would like set up a hammock somewhere around town and sleep through the night and then like go into the office and shower there. And so, yeah, we're very different in terms of our personalities, (laughs) which I think is a good balance, but she's just very, um, kind and considerate and she also uh is much better at like emotional things whereas i have a i have a really tough time stopping long enough to understand what's happening for me emotionally until it gets so big that i'm like i have to (laughs) and so it's been nice to have somebody that can kind of reflect what she's experiencing of me so that I can stop maybe a little bit earlier and be like, huh, what is happening? What, what am I feeling right now? Um, and, you know, it's also great just to have a, somebody who loves things that I love, like travel and yoga and, you know, doing some fun things when she's feeling up to it and wants to be around people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's absolutely outstanding. And I did know about that. Um, our mutual friend would reach out to me every night and he's like, I'm very worried. I want to check on him. I'm like, then check on him. And then like, there was one night during that <laughs> you didn't respond. And I was getting a phone call from him. Like we, we talked twice that night. He's like, what if he doesn't show up to work? I'm like, then we'll go find oh him. God. It's fine. I'm sure he's okay. <laughs> and then you showed up to work and I got text message he's here and i'm like all right i'll i'll as well but that's yes, I so do. funny yeah because i did i don't a, even a nom- remember who i told about that that's <laughs> we i actually did a nomadic thing and he reached out to me and he's like he's done it you should call him for advice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, i love man. that you're willing to just go and try and it's good for uh introverts to have an uh, or an extrovert to have an introvert run them in once in a while so i love mm-hmm. that you guys are very very balanced it's beautiful yes indeed now we have to talk before I let you go about the best thing that's happened to your social media and possibly the best thing that's maybe happened to your life. And I think your wife would support this, but I want to talk about Jojo. I know where you're going. Yeah. I knew you were talking about Jojo and he is the best thing that's ever happened to the whole world. Oh, he's so perfect. He's so Jojo. I, I can't even explain it. You can't even see a picture or a video and really understand how, freaking cute this dog is but he has the body shape of a corgi but he has kind of longer flowy curly hair Um, he's about half cocker spaniel we did the dna test he's about half cocker spaniel and then nine other breeds mixed in so he's a little bit of everything Um, but he just has the sweetest face in the whole world his eyeballs will just like pierce your heart Oh, he's so good. And I know I know that you know how great dogs are. Um, but Jojo, honestly, 
was very much Emily's. She's she's responsible for us getting JoJo because, you know, I love to travel and I was like, I don't want to get a dog. So I really put up a fight because I was like, this is going to put a real damper on travel and just flexibility and freedom. So for a long, long time, several years, I was like, no, we're not getting a dog. But then we came back from our travels. And actually, while we were traveling, part of how we did that was uh, that we would house sit for people. So we spent like an entire month in New Zealand dog sitting for somebody so that we we got our housing for free that whole month. Uh, we did the same thing in Australia, a lot of places in the U.S. And the, when we were in Colorado um, visiting my parents, after we had gotten back from our travels, we were staying at a place in Boulder and there was a little King Charles Cavalier Spaniel named Rocky and he was the cutest freaking dog and so snuggly and such a big personality and just like, oh, amazing that I finally was like, okay, if we can find a dog like this, I'm down. We can get a dog and also the service that we were using. It's called Trusted House Sitters, by the way. Um, it's amazing, and if you need a referral link, it gives you a discount. So, I don't know, reach out to Lucretia, and then <laughs> she'll reach out to me or whatever. Uh, I can give it to you. But it's a great service, even if you don't use my referral link. Um, but they basically pair people that are looking for a dog sitter or a cat sitter or just a house sitter with people that are traveling and need a place to stay. <clears throat> uh, so I was like, okay, well, we could use that, and I could still travel. Even if we get a dog... We can still travel and we can have people come stay with Jojo. Well, I didn't know his name was Jojo at the time. But so I finally gave in. We started looking. This was as soon as we got back in March 2020. We started looking for dogs. And then, of course, everything shut down and we couldn't adopt anything because all of the shelters had like closed down their doors, weren't allowing people in. And then when they finally started opening back up, everybody was cooped up at home and wanting a freaking dog. So there were no dogs available. The inventory of dogs was just wiped out. And so it took us months of searching. We applied for so many dogs. And eventually, we finally got a call back that this dog was actually available. And there's a longer story, but I won't go into it. But it, let me just say, it's as if... There was a higher power just waiting for this one dog to come into our lives. Everything aligned. And we went down to Alabama because we had to extend our search. And we walked in and this little dog, his name was actually Mr. Squiggles <laughs> at the uh, rescue, ran up to us. And it was like immediate, this is our dog. And he is, oh, he's so great. I just... I can't even explain how I feel about Jojo, but hopefully everybody out there has maybe a dog that they feel similarly about because he's perfect. He is perfect. Way. Absolutely. Like it he, makes me happy. He's even, when... he's kind of stinky, but I like it. Right? It's weird. I know. <laughs> I like, I I like to shove my face into his neck and just sniff him because 
I love how stinky he is. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I get it. I totally understand. Yeah. I totally understand. My, <laughs> they're amazing. And like my my dog yeah. got a new dog bed from somebody for Christmas and I tried to crawl in there with her and she took her paw, I kid you not, and put it on the middle of my forehead and pushed me out. <laughs> She's like, I need I need some dog time and the human needs to just go away. <laughs> so I completely funny. understand. Do you have a voice for your dog? Does Princess uh, Puppykins have a yes, voice that you do yes, for her? Yes, she has a voice. Absolutely. I feel like all dogs have their little mm -hmm. voice. Yep. That's my I've been debating on um, bringing the voice out, but I'm, I don't want to annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I, I was having a conversation with her last night about, you know, we were going out for her last walk of the night, and I was talking away in her voice, and I'm like, she probably is walking around going, Human, I don't even think as much as you are translating of the words you think. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm sniffing something right here, and you've created this entire narration. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. my poor dog. <laughs> oh, you also have gotten into so pottery making. What made you want oh, yes. to try that, and how has that new endeavor been for you? Well, I, I got into it because I am just like a perpetual learner my favorite thing maybe even above travel is I just like to learn new things and so every year or every six months or so uh, I get kind of a new obsession where I'm like this is fascinating to me I have to figure it out and so last was it last year I guess it was last year at some point I just was like pottery looks amazing because I'm very tactile I love getting my hands on things and working with my hands and pottery just looked like this thing. I would watch people making vases or making mugs or whatever on Instagram or uh, there's a, a whole show about it, the Great Pottery Throwdown. And so I watched all of the seasons of that. I just got obsessed <clears throat> and started taking classes last year and just like from the very first time was so hooked on it. I love it. It's so meditative. It is very tactile. So like it there's you kind of need to be paying attention and be in kind of like this relationship and dance with the clay, especially when you're using a, a pottery wheel. And I just thought it was really cool as well because pottery is one of those arts where, you know, there's art where it's just kind of art for the sake of art, which is great. And I love that there are like paintings and sculptures and all kinds of stuff that's just art and then you put it on the wall so you can look at it because it's art but then there's this whole world in pottery where it's art and you have like unlimited creativity almost with what you do with it and at the same time at the end of it you have this functional piece that like I can drink out of every morning with my coffee or that I can put flowers in or you know, that I can put in the oven and cook a casserole in. So it's just this really, I thought it, that was part of what fascinated me is it's this really cool intersection between function and art uh, where I get this amazing creative outlet and at the same time can be making things that are actually going to be practical and that people can use the art at the end of the day. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, you're very, very good at, at so, it. So anyway... Thank you. Yeah, I've yeah. just um, recently started, I got a wheel 
that I put in my garage so I can start actually nice. like making stuff at home. I don't have to be going out to another like studio where I can um, keep practicing and getting better. But I, yeah, it's one of the, it's another cool thing where I can just see myself progressing all the time too. Cause I have mugs from every <laughs> kind of stage of my development and, you know, some of them are like super heavy and like kind of clunky and then some of them are they're getting better and better over time. So it's kind of yeah. neat to just be able to like look at the progression of how things have changed as well. I love that. That's amazing. So what's next for you and your business? Oh, well, so I think that really um, one of the things I've started shifting a lot lately is wanting to get people more involved in a community. So that's why we started that Discord group recently. Uh, and by the way, the Discord group is actually open to anybody. It doesn't even have to be clients. It doesn't have to be people who are doing a specific uh, health program. Obviously, a lot of the people in there are kind of going through similar programs with us. Um, but it's just a place that people can kind of interact with each other and get ideas from each other. Because I do think that one of the downsides to the pandemic is I feel like people have separated a lot. It's a lot, at least in my world, and I think probably a lot of people can relate to this, it's harder to find um, situations where you're really like in a social setting and interacting with people and that kind of thing. It, it takes more effort than it used to, I feel like. Uh, but one of the great things is there have also been a lot of ways where people have found connection through online means. So um, both in person in Nashville for people who are here and online for people who are maybe like all scattered throughout the country, I'm really wanting to build this sense of community where we can all kind of be doing this together so that we're not just sitting <clears throat> alone. Even if people aren't being coached by me or coached by somebody else, at least <clears throat> the least we can do is find like-minded people and just support each other that way. Because um, when we support each other on kind of like our, our goals, it, it's helpful for everybody. Everybody wins. Um, so that's really the biggest focus is kind of shifting away from only one-on-one -on -one interactions with clients and helping people in that way. I'll still be doing some of that, but also um, building up this social aspect of it as well. Um, and that's also, you know, that is for my clients. It's also for me because, again, <laughs> I love people and I want to get to know new people and be around people that are focused on the same things that I am. Um, so I guess that's the main thing that's next. Other than that, there's not a whole lot changing. Um, I'm also looking into uh, recently I've become very focused on environmental sustainability and trying to figure out ways that I can help the world in that regard. So I've been um, looking into even potentially having another job where I'm able to help in that aspect and at the same time coach people on just kind of their personal health and sustainability. Because um, I just... What drives me in all of this is I want people to just enjoy their lives. And the only way we can do that is if we feel good and if we feel confident enough to go out and do the things that maybe we're a little bit nervous to do or don't feel quite comfortable doing right now. 
So getting ourselves to a point where we feel good enough to do the things we want to and making sure that that all of those things are available to us and don't go away at some point, um, I think is super important. And I just, it's been on my mind lately um, that I just want to do what I can to conserve all of the amazing places that I've seen in the world. You know, I went to the Great Barrier Reef when I was in Australia and it's still beautiful and wonderful, but it was like bleached large sections of it are bleached like the the water is too warm for all of the life to actually be there anymore um and you know we also went there um right before those huge wildfires just like destroyed a huge chunk of that that country um so is things are happening that are making me realize like crap somebody's got to do something I can't control what anybody else does. I can't control what any politicians do, but I can control what I do. Um, and so, anyway, I know that's a little off topic, but no, that's what that's what the future looks like for me yeah. is helping the entire world and then zooming in and helping individual people <laughs> along the way. I love it. That's amazing. And if someone wants to know like how to work with you or find out more information, see cute photos of Jojo, how can they find out about you? Like oh, what's yes. the website <laughs> and social? Totally. So, uh, on Facebook, I am just Tanner Scott and, uh, you know, I'm sure there are quite a few out there. So if you can't find me, go to Instagram and I'm Tanner A. Scott on there. Uh, and if you're interested at all in like just talking to me, you know, you can reach out to me on any social media platform, but also if you go to comealivehealthcoaching.com, that's my landing page. You can sign up to just have a free conversation with me where, um, we just kind of talk through what your goals are, see if what I do would even be a good fit and kind of talk through some details of it if so. Um, so if you want to just sign up for a free assessment call, um, you can just go on there. Comealivehealthcoaching.com. I love it. We'll get all those links posted in the show notes. Thank you so much. I know you're super busy and I know we went over a little bit, but man, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. This has been super fun and I appreciate you just even inviting me on. This has been great. Absolutely. Yay. You were awesome. That's it with health coach Tanner Scott. Next week, we talk with Chelsea Elbert, a hypnotherapist and intuitive healer. I wanted to work with people on a deeper level. I could see people, you know, just, oh man, just spinning. And I was like, mm, if you could just, mm, mm, mm. but I didn't have the permission to do it. Um, so I'd been looking for ways to, you know, I'd been doing energy work for a little while and that was just kind of within my own practice, kind of enhancing my own beauty industry stuff. Um, and I had always been sort of fascinated with hypnosis. Uh, it was it kind of like, you know, even since I was a little kid, I remember watching a Scooby-Doo episode um, about like, you know, Daphne getting hypnotized. I was just fascinated, uh, probably because I'm always so in my head all the time. I was like, ooh, what would it be like to be totally out of my head? Hey, thanks for listening to Journey to the Rise. Please do follow us on your podcast app so you have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our account is at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode was researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. And remember to be kind to yourself. When we're kind to ourselves, 
and makes it easier to be kind to others. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.